0: Bloodborne, a challenging game where a hunter must traverse a nightmarishly British city afflicted by a deadly plague of monsters. Can our hosts make a story of all this blood, beasts, and beings from beyond the stars? Find out on this episode of Game Real. Welcome to Game Reel. I am your host, Cassidy Easton, and I am joined by my lovely co hosts, Matthew Brennan, and a special guest co host, oh. Stina Campbell. Welcome, Stina.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: This is a show where a few college grads talk about video games and try and write movies about them. We are the college grads, just so you know. Yeah, we we, we graduated college. You're listening to Actually, the show. Actually, Stina, you graduated recently, haven't really you? Or...
1: recently. Like last yeah. week? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Hell yeah, yeah dude. Hey. You're free of
0: school. No more. Finally. Happy to be here because we're talking about the best game ever, Bloodborne, baby. Love the this game. game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Favorite game ever. Me oh, too, Yeah. <laughs> I've played it, definitely. I own a Two PS4. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should ask, what are your guys' relationships to this game? Uh, because it's a very special game to me, but I'll get into that after you guys do. Uh, Matt, why don't you go first? Um, well, it's it's pretty infamous, and I've been wanting to play it, and when you told
2: me that we were going to do this episode and I knew it was going to happen eventually I was like oh fuck yeah I'm going to get it on Steam it's going to be great I'm going to be dodging shit and then I looked and then I talked to you and you were like yeah it's only on PS4 and I do not have one of those bad boys so that breaks my heart to hear one day one day I will but I I've been -hmm. been reading the lore you know I've been been doing my my research digging through crates and stuff
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and what about you Stina
1: oh man Yeah, so the whole thing is that I really loved Bloodborne aesthetically without ever touching the lore for like a long time and then pandemic hit and I had the bad idea of going into an epidemic-based game
0: Mm. and
1: actually reading up on the lore. And so a lot of my knowledge of it is just like reading tons of lore but never touching the game, but hopefully... (laughs) touch it later this year.
0: (laughs) One day. One day I'll bring the PS4 and it it will have Bloodborne and like no other games because I own the rest of them on Steam. How to summarize Bloodborne. Bloodborne is a game where you play a foreign British person in a strange British land called Yarnum, and you are given this stuff called the Pale Blood and you are let out on this in this city where there's this bloodborne epidemic this like beast plague and there are all these beasts running around you gotta go kill beasts and there's also Eldritch horrors and strange dreams with like living dolls uh, and it's all very confusing but like aesthetically beautiful it has the look and feel of like a HP Lovecraft novel without all the racism <laughs> uh, <Well>. <laughs> <laughs> it's Like, super super goth, there's werewolves, and there's, like, aliens, um, and, like, crazy weapons and guns. It's great. Um, I've played this game probably, like, I'm going to say I've completed the game five times. I've lost track of how many times I've, like, started the game from the beginning and, like, just played a bunch.
1: That's a lot.
0: That's crazy. It Uh, seems super hard, too. It's yeah. So it is made by it's made by From Software, the people who made all the Dark Souls games and Sekiro. So there's no like difficulty setting. It's just hard. Um, But I I personally feel like it's kind of the easier of the games because it's it's the one that rewards button mashing the most. Oh fuck yeah! Isn't it also
1: like the quickest play since there's no blocking involved?
0: Yeah, so Sekiro kind of changed it up because Sekiro is a lot faster paced, but and there's no stamina bar in Sekiro, but in Bloodborne, it's this that game rewards you for being aggressive whereas in Dark Souls it's like you got to manage your stamina, you got to know when to block. You can also parry things and you also got to like look for openings. With Bloodborne, you get rewarded for attacking very aggressively. If you get hit, you can get you can steal like basically all of your life back by running in there and hitting back. Um, and like you dodge super fast, and you're just you get really rewarded for like getting up in things' faces and just carving them up with your crazy looking goth steampunk weapons. And uh, yeah, that's basically what the game's about. It's got like a ton of crazy lore Stina sent us a timeline of like all the stuff that happens before the game and it seems to split off in many (laughs) many directions and then all meets back at the end where the hunter wakes up so it was all a dream (laughs) yeah so i guess spoiler for bloodborne this game has like three endings and i don't think any none of them make sense to me personally i I don't know if they make sense to you Stina. (laughs) Um, they kind of do. They kind of do? Yeah.
2: Okay. I skim the endings, and I think they make sense.
0: So, the first two make sense to me, but the third one makes no sense to me. By third all.
2: one, do
1: you mean
0: You become the a slug. slug What's the real one? The real ending yeah. where you become a little purple slug. Because, mm-hmm. like, I understand kind of why you become a purple slug, but I don't understand why you wanted to do that. Well, I also don't really understand the moon presence very much, but
1: much lore about the moon presence and if you want I'll like mention it right here about um. so there's this like one person that goes by the username Redgraves went, made like an 80 page analysis of Bloodborne trying to dissect mm-hmm. the lore and come up with their own like grand like theme and what they think Bloodborne means and then like a lot of it I think one of the most interesting aspects is that um, this person believes that those chosen to become dream hunters are anemic mm-hmm. and have like uh, a lack of white blood cells, and also like went really big into the science of like blood mm-hmm. chemistry, and yeah. um, came to the conclusion that a lot of um, their ties to um, these creatures and the old blood is that they're the ones who can take up and handle the old blood properly. Yeah, and so that slug oh, ending shit. also ties in and so they can actually become and have the capacity to become the god's child since another big theme in Bloodborne with yeah. these um eldritch monstrosities is like them wanting to have children.
0: While we're talking about these eldritch horrors, uh I guess I'll ask you guys, do you guys have a favorite boss? There's a lot of characters in this game, but I feel like the coolest one is Eileen the Crow, and I feel like that's yeah. what we're all gonna say. <laughs> so I'll just ask you what your favorite boss is, um, uh, Matt, do you wanna, do you wanna go first? Sure, um, I, like, one. the Reborn,
2: he fell out of the sky in a big mushy pile, and, you know, that's, mm-hmm. he's, he's just, like, chaotic group project vibes, you know, like, it's just, just a lot of guys together,
0: just being, being dudes. That one's real disgusting. Yeah. Um. And it's also my least favorite to fight mm-hmm. because you have to, like, go up the stairs into, like, the, uh, this, like, raised up, like, balcony. And you have to fight these witches who, like, throw fireballs at you during the fight. You have to, mm-hmm. like, go up and kill them first. So it's always a chore. You just gotta, like, let the, the, this thing, like, the first reborn do its thing down there while you go kill witches for a little while. And then you go fight the first reborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stina, you got a favorite? Um,. It's
1: a tie between Vicar Amelia and Mergo's wet nurse. I just very much love the drapery of both of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Both super cool, big, flowing, textured, crazy, long-limbed. Everything has, like, giant long limbs in this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of tentacles, too. I would probably say mine is also very disgusting. My favorite to fight and to just design-wise is... I'm forgetting his name all of a sudden. Ludwig. Ooh. Yeah, I love Ludwig. He's in the DLC for the game, The Hunter's Nightmare, and he's this giant, like, deformed, fleshy, bloody, like bestial creature that's got like limbs growing out of it all over the place it's got two heads one of them's like this weird like horseman head that's like it's all deformed and like half of it's like falling off and the other one's just this mouth with like eyes inside of it that shoots lasers during the fight he summons a giant moonlight sword and it's just like it's so hard that fight is so hard but it's so rewarding when you beat it and also the design is just amazing. I'm just like, who came up with this thing? Who came up with Ludwig? I'm looking at him right now and he has a really creepy sad eye. Yeah, yeah, that's the, like half of his face is like this really big like sad droopy horse face and the other half is like beastie bloody like teeth face. I also love the the line that that it's it's in one of the it's in one of the the item descriptions. Like, a lot of the... In typical, like, Soulsborne fashion, a lot of the lore of this game you can learn through reading the item descriptions, and that's, like, the best way about learning the Bloodborne lore. Because uh, no one in the game is going to tell you. But, like, there was this line that said that the, 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 the priests of the healing church, when the beast plague came over them, they became the most horrifying beasts of all. And Ludwig was like the head of the healing church, I'm pretty sure, and he became the like the most horrifying, hideous beast um, of all of them, which I thought was cool. This has got some like very anti-church energy. Fuck yeah,
1: anti-Catholicism. Yeah,
0: go. <laughs> this game has a lot of crazy energy and like themes in it, which is just I feel like ripe for a movie that will be very confusing.
1: <laughs> all the good ones are.
0: I can already, I can feel it already. Speaking of, are we ready to do pitches? Do we have any other thoughts about Bloodborne before we get into these? I have one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've decided because
2: he's English, um, the main character's name is Jason Bourne. Like, or, ja- <laughs> not ja- or James Bourne. My fault, James
0: Bourne. His name is James Bourne. <laughs> James Bourne. I love it. Yeah. Uh, well, with that, do you want to... <laughs> Who wants to go first? I can also go first. I don't really have a a, a very serious pitch. Mm. I've got kind of a, a jokey one. Okay, go ahead. Realities are warped as Mikolash becomes the new host of the nightmare. The good hunters are forced to turn their attention from hunting beasts to keeping their carts on the road. <laughs> so this movie, Bloodborne Cart, baby! That's it. It's real. <laughs> we're uh we're gonna it's basically gonna be uh like a wacky racers kind of movie but instead it's like all of the 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 same bloodborne vibes of like top hats and dark clothes and beasts and blood but with like race cars Mm -hmm. and they're all racing uh something to do I, i i just figured it had something to do with like taking down mikolash who is this guy who like I think he's he he's a freak. He's, uh, yeah, the he's head of
2: the school of menses
0: yeah and he like has something to do with the hunter's nightmare I think he like yeah, manifests he it. it he's got a cage on his head his boss fights annoying because he runs around and you have to chase him which is why I thought he would love to like turn the hunter's dream into like a racetrack <laughs> um <laughs> I think you know we would get all the iconic characters in there we'd have Lady Maria Eileen the crow. Alfred, the guy with the cone on his head. The one guy who has the bucket on his head. I forget his name. Buckethead. Oh my god,
1: it starts with a V, Valtier, something like that.
2: I believe his name is Buckethead, yeah. and he plays a pretty mean guitar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my pitch. That's Bloodborne Cart.
1: Uh, I guess I'll go. But um, my pitch remained the same as the last one I sent through email a few months ago. So it's Eileen centric but... Anyways, so, uh, under the Veiled Blood Moon, a hunter pursues her kind, and it focuses on her timeline within the whole Bloodborne thing, just because I feel like it mirrors it very well. It goes with the foreign entering this English land, mm-hmm. having to face xenophobia, but being, like, the hero of the whole thing. And also, there's an implication for Eileen, where, um, because she's the hunter of hunters and hunts blood-addled Hunters, so it implies that even though she does all these, like, intensive rituals, like Sky Burial and all that, to give mercy to the hunters, even her blades are called uh Blades of Mercy, but as we see in the DLC, those hunters are sent to, like, super hell. Yeah. So Eileen's, like, whole thing is kind of not legitimate, and so I'm just like, that's really tragic, but also, Yeah. So it'd basically be her night out on the town, catching her mark, which would probably be Ludwig. And there's like a lot of speculation that uh, during her contract as a dream hunter, she was, her main goal was to kill Ludwig. But, Mm -hmm. um, and then like right after that, there's the age of like no hunters. So it implies that she went on like a giant spree to kill a bunch of hunters.
0: Oh, wow. And she sent, sent them just, all like, to, like, She just, eliminated like, them. Yeah. And sent them... Wow, jeez. And was
1: freed from the dream. That's what I think. That's Whoa. my theory. But, yeah. So that's basically Man. it.
0: I didn't... I hadn't even considered that about her. I knew she was a badass, but I didn't know she killed, like, all of the all of the blood-addled hunters in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I have to we look up stand. the Eileen is really quick. She's... She's really cool. She has like a crow mask and like this cool, like feathered cape, and she has two knives. Oh wow! And she's
1: also pretty old.
0: Yeah, she's like a a, an old Scottish lady. Right on. All right, what about you, Matt? What you got for us? Okay. So
2: a young hunter of Yarnum, maybe named James Bourne. I don't know. Okay, He's not, like, a hunter of, like, the church yet or whatever, but who seeks to join the healing church in their efforts to combat the scourge only to find the church's dark secrets. So I was thinking, like, a prequel movie of, like, right before Yarnum like, fully, like, goes fucking hell over and stuff. So we, like, Mm -hmm. get to see, like, how the church, like, like, we start as, like, one of the people who thinks, like, yeah, the church, they're, like, healing people, they're using the blood, like, it's cool. And then, like, this one person that we're, like, seeing the movie through, like, learns that the church is actually causing all this. Mm -hmm. And he tries to stop it. Like, it informs the people. Of course, it doesn't work because of how the game is. So we get a downer ending, baby. Awesome. (laughs) Nice. And also, um, I assume they turn into a monster or a beast. And maybe it could be a cool one that we see as a boss in the game so you know when our our listeners play the game and kill them
0: they'll feel sad but yeah which uh which uh which movie appeals to y'all i'll i'll be real i won't be upset if we don't choose bloodborne cart (laughs) it was the only (laughs) thing i could think of
2: well i mean Uh, i feel like a gothic fast and the furious is really what the
0: people need right now you know Mm hmm yeah, tr- oh my god, I didn't even think about it, like, in the in the lens of Fast and Furious. That changes it entirely to me. Oh yeah, The Rock will be in this. He will. Who would he be? <laughs> Who would he be? I guess he could be the guy with the, like, metal pyramid on his head.
1: Oh my god, Rock the Extrachationalist. Alfred.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alfred the Rock.
2: I said- <laughs> I think one The Reborn should just be Vin Diesel's head repeated over and
0: over again. Oh my god. <laughs> that That's so loaded when you put the rock into it. I'm mm-hmm. also, alright, I'm personally drawn to Eileen's story as well just because she's like my favorite human character of Bloodborne and I also think she's got like kind of a, I don't know if she has a tragic ending in the game. I've I think um, I was almost, I, I had almost completed her quest last time I played, but then I stopped it playing. It
1: entirely depends on the fl- player, I think.
0: Yeah, I remember, yeah. yeah, I remember I got to a point where she was like laying on the steps of like the chapel, like the, uh, or the Grand Cathedral, and she was like, there's a hunter in there, I'm, I'm real hurt, but I'll, I'll be fine in a minute, don't go in there. But then you go in there and you kill the hunter.
1: Hmm yeah if you do that and you don't kill eileen after you defeat that hunter the bloody mm-hmm. crow of canehurst um mm-hmm. she just disappears she just oh. like think she was just like um you shouldn't have done that or something like that and she's like mentioning how she's getting old in her age
2: uh-huh. and then if you
1: leave it and then you try to find her again at the cathedral steps she's gone
2: oh so, okay maybe i
0: did complete her quest then
1: yeah
2: Says in the wiki yeah. that she either you can't tell if she died or if she just
0: got up and left. Mm.
1: So I hope she got up is, and left.
0: Yeah, which she just is went like, to the bathroom. Know, as mysterious off, as queen. she always is, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot to mention Eileen has her own um, comic story. Yeah. Um, volume. And it's an interesting read. Like, the whole I have my problems with the comic just because it's not mm-hmm. written. The best the whole way through but hers is probably the best one because in it it reveals that she doesn't really know what time it is or what she's really doing there and that it's something common among hunters that Mm. once you enter Yarnum, you start losing your perception of time or where you are really and it also um, there's like a weird trippy thing that happens in the middle where she receives eyes from Rom
0: oh whoa
1: and she does shit like levitate above water and i'm like damn okay and also it goes into like a little bit of her backstory and i think well i interpreted it as implying that the first hunter of hunters came from the same village as her yeah it implies that she's her and her practices are an outside thing and may be indigenous i'm like that's pretty cool
0: it's this is her whole dynamic with the game almost feels exactly like like British versus Scottish where she's like just doing <laughs> doing good, but she's seen as like this weird outsider to by most people and is like attacked by hunters why does she attack hunters uh that's her job she's the hunter of hunters so when like when a when a beast hunter succumbs to the blood and you know becomes blood addled and You know just is a ramp is basically a beast themselves they are rampaging and just killing everything her job is to go in and kill them right and you know give them mercy you know not knowing she that she's sending them to the hunter's nightmare where they're gonna be blood drunk hunters forever
2: so is she working within or outside of the healing church
0: i think outside outside
2: yeah
0: because like her like final mission is like to well not final mission but like biggest mission is to kill ludwig does mm-hmm. he becomes so blood drunk he becomes like a giant insane beast
1: there's also like her using the practice of sky burial specifically with hunters mm-hmm. which i think is a central asian tradition which means to like leave the people's bodies out to be eaten mm-hmm. by crows i assume in the yeah. game
0: I don't think you get to see, like, how she, how she like, buries hunters in the game.
1: Yeah. In the comic, it was, like, weird. I thought it was just mainly inconsistencies, but it showed her burying bodies. I don't oh. assume them to be hunters' bodies. Yeah. But it also, I think, implies that she tends to the dead during mm-hmm. the day and that's also her job as kind of like a grim reaper kind of kind of
0: kind of kind of explains her like plague doctor like mask because she's around the dead all the time she probably keeps fun smells in there (laughs) like plague doctors did yeah do they do they like have like nice smelling things in the beaks
1: yeah i think in the lore notes for the mask itself it said like they keep they kept herbs in it
2: Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Yeah. to
1: stop them from, like, smelling blood and liking it, That's I rad. guess. Yeah.
2: For the listeners at home, tell us what you'd put in your Plague Dr. Beaks. Um, plug plug <laughs> the Twitter and <laughs> uh, Yeah, good. tweet at us at
0: GameReel3 at Twitter. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell us what you love to smell. Don't be gross, please. It is a very... I think it's also what's nice about her story is it's also a very specific part of the timeline. And it doesn't, like, go off in, like, a thousand directions. Um... Like, some of these do. But yeah, so, like, where does this story start, right? Do we start with Eileen, or do do we start with, like, introducing, like, the Beast Plague and, like, the Healing Church and stuff?
2: How about we start with a sermon by the Healing Church giving a kind of, like, a kind of accurate uh, portrayal of what's going on, but of course it's the church, so there's, like, some propaganda Mm-hmm. And perhaps we have Eileen in the crowd, like going off and being like, "Fuck bullshit!" <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, the church, yeah. bro. Looks in the camera. Mm, you know, I put up, <laughs> I put up a middle finger.
0: You guys can't see that, obviously, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, we 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 felt it. Yeah. So is the church gonna be in this game or in this movie? Is the church gonna be like the villain the whole time, or is like? Like, I know that Lud- Ludwig is going to be, like, the final conflict, right?
1: hmm mm-hmm.
0: But I don't think he starts off that way. Because I think we should see his, like, transition into bestialness throughout the movie. The more, like, yeah, atrocities mm-hmm. he commits. Well,
2: I think, I feel like, as the audience, you would kind of, like, because of how people generally seem, like, you'd think, like, oh, yeah, the church is good. So I think maybe lean mm-hmm. into that towards the beginning as, like, the populace, like, in the game world would see it, and then, like, slowly like, you realize how bad they're getting. And maybe, like, Mm -hmm. towards the midpoint you realize, like, oh yeah, this is, like, main villain of this movie. And then shit gets crazy.
1: Should we include Ludwig getting the Moonlight Sword from the Chalice Dungeons? Because that's what led Mm. him to become, like, the icon in the face of the church. And become, like, heroes, the hunters, hunter.
0: The Chalice Ruins are actually, like, they could be a cool like storytelling device for this somehow because they're like they're like very mysterious and like not elder Gotti, but they had they were like it was like the thumerian civilization and they had like all kinds of crazy artifacts right so maybe that can be something that is like revealed not immediately but it's like one of the things that the church is using to like give the people hope is that like they're finding these like relics that can help them against the beast plague and that they will be the you know the 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 sword in the darkness against the the beast plague
1: i think that'd be good to also touch on the post-colonial themes of bloodborne and that they're using the items of the people they colonize as some kind of beacon mm-hmm. for the very catholic church
2: do like do is it like common knowledge that like hunters like go crazy eventually
1: maybe on that not at this point
2: okay
0: yeah because
1: ludwig's turn was like a big thing maybe like not to the extent of the thrill of the hunt for the blood turning them but more mm-hmm. like they can get these tendencies and maybe them becoming these is like a large turning point in the film too
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah maybe ooh okay here's a here's an idea so maybe it's not common knowledge in Yarnum because the church has suppressed that knowledge that the hunters during like the hunt become like uh, like they succumb to the thrill of it and they become like animals basically the church kind of suppresses that knowledge cuz they want to like they want to become like the face of like the good hunters and they want to like be loved by everybody. And so they like keep that image out of people's minds of like a hunter turning. And so maybe in Eileen's village, it's common knowledge that if a hunter hunts for too long, they go, they like lose their minds. And then a hunter of hunters has to like put them down. And so then she goes to Yarnum. And realizes that nobody knows about this. And, like, she needs... That's, like, where her conflict with the church comes in. Is because the church is, like, covering this up. And, like, you know, putting these hunters who have lost their minds, like, away. Or just letting them loose whenever there's an outbreak of beast plague. And just letting them loose on the town. And whoever they kill, like, it doesn't matter. And her whole conflict is, like, stopping them. But also, like, getting back at the church. Somehow.
1: Should we also include scenes of her in the hunter's dream, perhaps? If her contract ties in with her having to kill Ludwig, and the blooded oh. hunters, because like I know during, if you if she does become hostile and you have to fight her, uh-huh. she does mention to the hunter that uh I have the quote where it says, "You still dream? Tell the little doll I said hello."
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's like how she hmm yeah because she hasn't been like inoculated with like whatever the like the hunters of the dream have the pale Mm -hmm. blood
1: yeah if we're going by that one and like theory that those hunters are anemic and can take on the blood Mm -hmm. that that allows them to become dream hunters and like continuously die but still survive and keep going Uh, throughout the night.
0: Hmm. So, okay. So I think that's a cool moment of her, like, realizing she has to, like, do this thing that they all do to, like, get them. Mm. Maybe it's, like, she can't kill these hunters because they have the pale blood and they keep coming back to life. And so Mm. maybe the only way she can keep them dead is if she becomes one of them as well. Yeah. How does she learn this? Hmm.
1: I think she could be killed early on. And it's, like, oh. a startling thing where, like, she wakes up yeah. in a dream and is being, like, told by Gurman, however you pronounce his name, or the doll.
0: Maybe maybe it's just, like, maybe it's something mysterious, like that, like, eyeless old man, Iosefka. He, like, mm-hmm. sees her and he recognizes her as a hunter and he's like, ah, oh, good hunter. You need the pale blood <laughs> and she's like what <laughs> and he, he, he like he, he's like come come this one this is on that it's on the house we need good hunters like you and Yarnum. won't stand a chance without the pale blood and then he gives her the pale blood and then she has the crazy dream with like the little the little dudes and the bloody beast that catches on fire okay so in the beginning she knows that she has to hunt hunters who like become mm. beastly who are in the church yeah or maybe she doesn't even know that they're in the church that the hunters are affiliated with the church yet she just knows that in Yarnum there are hunters like Yarnum is like afflicted with the beast plague mm-hmm. you know she's been to towns where that's been the case before and where she's had to put down hunters mm-hmm. in those towns so she goes to Yarnum. it's the first like big city she's had to work with and she knows that there's a bunch of hunters there that she needs to put down
2: Mm-hmm. So maybe if she doesn't know that the the hunters that she has to put down are part of the church, perhaps she tries to at first go to the church to try and work with them, because they'd be mm-hmm. like the local, yeah, you know, beast enforcement there. And from yeah. that, from them being like uncooperative and like continually like fighting at night, that's where she'll learn that they they're all just previous hunters of the church and that they're hiding, mm-hmm. covering this up.
1: Or maybe. She could try to go on the hunt on her own without that knowledge. Maybe Mm -hmm. get gravely injured and have to be treated with the blood.
0: And that's maybe
1: where the sequence starts, where she gets inoculated. Yeah, And receives the pale blood and starts dreaming, maybe.
0: No, yeah, that's actually good. Because that that also ties into the, the whole... That we're like a mysterious old sage will take the injured hero... And, like, give them this mysterious treatment that, like, makes them into the hero, but is also, like, kind of a curse. Kind of like in Sekiro, where he gives him, like, the arm, uh, like, the shinobi prosthetic. It's kind of like that. And she's, like, gravely injured by one of these hunters. And then Iosefka, you know, takes her and brings her to his clinic and then gives her the pale blood. And then that's where she meets the doll and Germin. Did, would she meet Gurman? I don't know much about him.
1: I think she would, since he hosts the dream since its like inception.
0: So then what happens from there? Like, What does she learn in her fight with this hunter? And then what does she learn in the dream? I think a lot of her story should involve her
2: learning about the church and what they're doing. Because mm-hmm. I think we as an audience need to... That's like going to be a very important aspect, too. Yeah. So, maybe, like, in the dream, like, I don't know, the doll or... What's the other guy's name? Germain. Germain's. Germain. Like, ger- mm-hmm. Germain. So, when, when she meets yeah. Germain, maybe they'll say some cryptic shit like, oh, you know, church isn't at what they seem. Wink, wink. She's like, what do you mean by oh, that? Oh, yeah. And then they just, I don't know, <laughs> they, like, fade or disappear or some shit and she wakes up.
0: Yeah, or it could be some shit like, he's like, those church hunters are... A lot more ferocious than a lot of the ones I've seen before.
1: Oh, you know what might be cool to her maybe later on realizing that there's a tie between the hunters becoming like more ferocious beasts. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, there'd be like a very annihilation esque scene where there's like a bear thing that can maybe mm. like scream and talk like a human or have like features of a human in very like oh, gross yeah. kind of way.
0: Yeah, no, that would be really that would be really fucked up. I feel like there's got to be some, like, more intrigue about the church. Like, the church is uncooperative with her at first. They don't want her killing off her. their hunters. But they're also, I feel like, friendly to her. Or at least to her face.
1: Because she does do their job once they turn into beasts. Oh, but also, yeah. I think, right before this time, the executioners were founded too.
0: Yes. Which, their whole... Deal is unclear to me. I just know they have the funny hats.
1: They're, I think, a sect of church hunters mm-hmm. that um, I think primarily do the same kind of job, but also specifically go after the Vilebloods at Canehurst.
0: Oh, maybe that's hmm, maybe that's something. Like maybe since since Eileen can't like the church refuses to work with her because she keeps killing their hunters before they fully turn into beasts. Because they, they, they don't mind if she kills a beast because, like, yeah, that's fine. You know, we we look good if the beasts die and if it's easier for someone else to, like, dispose of our beastly hunters than it is to do it ourselves. Maybe she, she learns about, like, how Kanehurst is at odds with um, the church and so she, like, allies with them?
1: We could also make a tie between her and the Bloody Crow of Kanehurst that she later fights in, like, in-game time, mm-hmm. since he's also wears the Hunter of Hunters garb. Yeah. But is also implied to be part of the Cainhurst. Yeah, So he could yeah. be from that time.
0: Oh, so she, like, meets him when he's still, like, a good guy? When he's not yeah. blood-addled? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So she, she there's some kind of there's some kind of interaction maybe it's after a night of hunting where she since she has got the pale blood she is able to hunt these guys more effectively and keep them dead. Um and the church hates that because she's also doing these very public sky burials where people will can see the next day like hey that's a hunter that got killed last night. It's and it's like so the church doesn't like that and so maybe the church like I don't know, like the church confronts her somehow or maybe like tries to ostracize her. What what mm-hmm. does the church do in response to this, do you think?
2: I think the way the church would operate in like this kind of society, there'd be like constant like on the street sermons, like just like delivering propaganda. Mm-hmm. And I think they're like going to start incorporating that being like, oh, there's this late The see that lady over there. Like she's been fucking mm-hmm. it up. She's been turning hunters into beasts and stuff like that she's been working with like i don't know like whatever their equivalent would be like devil worship would be
0: yeah we're even yeah the vile bloods of Kanehurst, even since they yeah. don't like them they did say like she's with Kanehurst, she's of those vile bloods and the their worship of those horrible starby be- beings exactly they throw tomatoes like at her, yeah yeah and so then she's kind of like run out of Yarnum i guess but she knows that Yarnum is like a hotbed for all this crazy hunter stuff and she maybe that's when she marks Ludwig, maybe she like doesn't even mark him because he's like mad with beast blood it's because, I mean maybe she doesn't know that because he definitely is but she marks him because like she he's like getting in the way of her doing her job and has like gotten her out of Yarnum basically, unless, or would that be too out of character for her to like mark someone to kill who isn't a beast yet
1: i don't think so if she can recognize the blood because i know a sign of like someone being blood drunk is that their pupils start getting like weird bubbles and like separating
0: oh so she
1: might between a conversation a confrontation between her and ludwig maybe she like closes in oh yeah
0: definitely definitely she like maybe she like comes up to him like like it's after a night of hunting, and she like comes up to him at like one of the dig sites. Where, like maybe it's the dig site where they're starting to unearth the sword. Um, and she like comes up to him and tries like, "Hey, listen, a lot of your hunters are blood drunk. You need to stop employing them. You need to like get. You need to like put them down. They're like, they're not good to hunt anymore." Um, and she's she like off. Maybe she even offers to like work with them and be like I can teach you the rituals and like so that they can be at peace finally and then she like Ludwig obviously rebukes her and then he she can see like in his pupils that he's like starting to be become like drunk with blood and so she like marks him mentally and then is run out of yarnum shortly after
1: Uh also I'm looking it up right now in the lore notes for uh Ludwig it mentioned that he's very acted with such savagery so maybe he wasn't like fully liked and there was like a bunch of contention between Yarnamites and the healing church as well maybe on the techniques used and so maybe Eileen would like hone in on that
0: yeah she like sees him during one of the hunts and she sees that he's like being really like really weird about how he like dispatches beasts maybe he's like really
2: really enjoying killing them yeah, like laughing maniacally, just like
0: jumping through guts and stuff. And so then, she is ostracized from Yarnum, and I think maybe her fir- her first instinct has to be like, well, since they don't like the people at Canehurst, I might as well go see what the people at Canehurst are all about. I'm trying to remember what? Oh, Canehurst is not the is not the college, right? It's not that. That's mm-hmm. the College of Bergenworth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 What is Canehurst? I'm trying to remember what Canehurst looks like. Is it the, is that the, the big castle that has Murgos wet nurse at the top of it?
1: Yeah, it's the big castle that Alfred sends you towards to help mm-hmm. his quest, and then you do, it has the whole like Dracula <laughs> intro where there's like a carriage without a rider on it. Yeah,
0: and you and there's know, like and a
1: the castle,
0: a woman in a wedding dress with blood like f- yeah f- coming down her neck, just staring into the boss fight. So she is sent to Canehurst, and this is before they all get slaughtered.
1: It would be timeline-wise, it would be before they get slaughtered. But we can also like add in the slaughter of the Vablas this is another like ongoing political shift. Yeah. Since by the end of it, the church becomes the main power of Yarnum.
2: I think, like as a show of the church's power, maybe we witness the slaughter. Like maybe not immediately, yes, like so. as she gets mm-hmm. there, but like. A little bit after
1: they're like the reason why there's like a feud between them and the healing church
0: mm-hmm.
1: is because a long time ago the via blood stole some like forbidden blood from the church mm-hmm. and then the current queen lives a long time and like always requires a bunch of blood being brought in by her hunters and so there's contentions between her hunters and them and also they're kind of vampires but <laughs>
0: Alright, cool, cool. That makes me on their side. And remind me, the so the Kanehurst people don't have any connection to like, the Elder Gods and stuff, right? Although I no. guess kind of, no. yeah, no, because Mergo's Wet Nurse is kind of an Eldritch being but I don't think she's like, around until like, people are dead.
1: Yeah, she comes in later. I she's... think Oh yeah, I think I heard that there was like, a theory that the Vilebloods are descendants of the the therians yeah and yeah. that's why they're kind of weird and ageless and vampiric and so their oh. rule is considered um like actual instant like the actual um people of the land
0: oh maybe. okay that could be a very cool thing for her to learn is about the Vile Bloods and like the people of Canehurst, and they're like their ties to like the original thumerian like people
1: mm-hmm.
0: and maybe maybe that's how she learns of like the significance of the moonlight greatsword that she saw being excavated
1: also it could be an inn for bloody crow of Kanehurst if we wanted to include him
0: yes and then she definitely meets the bloody crow of Kanehurst. what is she now i i guess what we need to to decide what does she get at canehurst like what does she learn or like acquire that solves this like problem she has because what her goal now after being prevented from doing her job in yharnam and watching all the suffering that the healing church is causing her goal is to kill ludwig but she can't like why can't she just do that right like what's stopping her from doing that i feel like he would have i mean i don't really i don't really know her her power level
2: so to speak mm-hmm. but would she be able to do that all by herself with like as presumably like ludwig has all of the other like current hunters with him?
0: it's cut yeah it's kind of like assassinating the president or the pope mm-hmm. it's like he's under he's under pretty heavy guard so it's probably not something she can do alone And so then she goes looking for allies at Canehurst. She Mm -hmm. learns all the the lore and like history of Canehurst, and then she meets the bloody crow of Canehurst. And since they're they are feuding with the Healing Church, he definitely, like, agrees to like help her.
2: Are they sus, the Canehurst people? Like is there is there a twist? Like obviously they have a common enemy, but
0: can she fully trust them? I think their whole thing is just more kind of tragic because i don't think they're really hurting anyone right they're kind of just living a long time and using the beast blood in a way that really benefits them
1: yeah i think it's just mainly a conflict of like ruling classes and how the church wants to be the main ruling body of yarim but there is like literal royalty involved in the lands
0: i think it's that like People of Canehurst, like the, the royal family of Canehurst, is just—they're just thriving too hard, and the 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 church hates that. They're fucking player haters, bro. Like it's, it's yeah. terrible. <laughs> they hate to see when the church. Oh, and hold up—that's definitely why the Bloody Crow of Canehurst comes to hate Eileen, right? Because Eileen takes the Bloody Crow away from Kanehurst to do this mission where they kill Ludwig. But then the Healing Church comes in and slaughters everyone at Kanehurst, and the Bloody Crow wasn't there to Ooh. help them. And so, yeah. like, during the movie, like, they maybe have, like, some kind of clash, and it seems like the Bloody Crow is going to, like, betray them, but he's like, I'll help you with this, but I I hope I never see you again. Or you should hope you never see me again, because if, it, if you, I see you again, you're dead. And so they, like, don't cross paths for the rest of their life until that no. one time in Bloodborne. Okay. So she 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 squads up the the bloody crow. Then what happens? What do they do after that?
1: Maybe had, they might have to go through the executioners or have to go through like the Siege of Canehurst to get to Well Ludwig, maybe.
0: I feel like they should just be able to leave Canehurst because I think it's a lot more dramatic and like You know, nemesis making, if Mm -hmm. like they leave when things are fine and then bad shit happens after they leave and then like Bloody Crow finds out about it and like, oh, all my people are dead now thanks to you. Mm -hmm. I
2: feel like for the purposes of the movie, they should like get there just right after it happens, like not just like hear about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Because I I feel like we as the audience would want to see that. Or, like, did yeah. you see the ruins, at least.
0: And it can be... and I also feel like a movie like this, I feel like, would be a lot like Bram Stoker's Dracula. In the sense where, like, you get to see what the main characters are doing the whole time. But also, you get you get to see what the villains are doing the whole time, too. So I think, like, while they're doing whatever they're doing when they leave Canehurst, we also see, like, Ludwig, like, plotting and, like... Ordering the executioners to go to Kanehurst and slaughter them all, and then you get you see like the executioners go and slaughter everyone in Kanehurst while you know Eileen and the Bloody Crow are doing whatever. Mm-hmm. I I want them to go to Bergenworth because you mentioned that Eileen gets a bunch of eyes from Rom and that like gives her s- powers. What you said you what you said about the comics really just gave me the vibe that she's like. Really, really trying very hard not to also fall into like the blood drunkenness that hunters fall into. And I think that is like a very interesting thing to explore in this movie, too. Is like while she's doing all this killing and slaughtering, she's also like can feel herself sort of slipping into it and is doing her best to resist it like she's been taught. And so that's just kind of the vibe I got from your description of the comic
1: yeah that's yeah i feel like that's a large theme of it is her like struggle against the coming to like Yarnham itself mm-hmm. so i feel like the city itself is also like a major character in a way yeah where it does like, like take mm-hmm. over the hunters and i think a large part of her comic is her reminiscing on where she came from but not remembering it very well so yeah like another tie into the post-colonial reading of bloodborne, yeah. where it's like she, while the longer she stays in the city and longer she works with this church or within like the po- the politics of it in this empire implied to be, um, mm-hmm. she is kind of losing herself, but while trying to retain her rituals and her spiritual ties to her homeland.
2: So, how would we see that like manifested in her actions throughout uh, the movie?
0: I, I like the idea. I like like what you said where she like didn't know what time it was or how long she had been there or where she even was in the city. I feel like initially, like in the beginning scenes where she's finally like hunting these hunters successfully and killing them, I feel like she like loses track of time and like doesn't know how many hunters she's killed, doesn't know where in Yarnham she is and how she got there or like what day it is even.
1: Yeah. Also, another interesting thing, or like, for the mo- vast majority of Bloodborne characters, there's no last name. They just mm-hmm. become the blank. So I yeah. think that might be a cool tie-in. Where like at one point she tries to remember her last name, oh, um, and she's just shit. like, I can't remember. And then someone's just like, You're just. Oh the my crow god. Now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that she can even have that moment with, like, the bloody crow, like, maybe when they're on their way to Bergenworth. I just really want them to go to Bergenworth. Maybe that's the reason she goes to Bergenworth, is that she realizes she can't remember her last name. Mm. And she's like, my mind is, like, being, like, corrupted.
1: Oh, oh, maybe, like, you know how we mentioned earlier that she is, like, chased out of Yarnum, right? Maybe she can't remember her way back home either. So it's like her also slowly getting trapped by Yarnum over time and trying to like seek the answers to both get out and also solve it while she's under this dream hunter contract that she mm-hmm. can't back out of anymore.
0: It, so and maybe her like her thinking or maybe the thinking of like the the bloody crow is that the way to fix this would be would be to visit Bergenworth cuz Bergenworth's also kind of like a it seems like a like a mental institution as well as like a college
1: <laughs> i think a large part of lady maria's story is also after the massacre at the hamlet was mm-hmm. that she um stopped being a hunter and instead took care of the orphans at bergenworth the children orphans they'd steal and do experiments on
0: oh shit it's also yeah. an orphanage i didn't know yeah that.
1: well bad one but still an orphanage yeah
0: well <laughs> there's few good orphanages in like victorian times or whatever bloodborne's supposed to be
2: <laughs> may i suggest an added character for like yes part of this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think okay so like before she, she goes to canehurst and like you know she's like cast aside because like the propaganda i think there should mm-hmm. be a little orphan boy to like show her how to get there and how to get to the unmanned carrot dracula dracula S carriage mm-hmm. I think he should be like an agent of Ludwig and he's like also like oh and you should bring uh the crow to to Bergenworth they'll help you so it's like part of this whole like little conspiracy
0: yeah it's or not could just say that he's from Bergenworth yeah. like, oh what's that he's like oh it's a it's a place where people's minds are healed and you know it's also an orphanage mm-hmm. and that puts the seed in her brain where it's like oh my mind is going where do I go to heal my mind? Well, Bergenworth.
2: Right. Because I'm just saying this also because, like, not only is, like, her taking the crow out and then the massacre happening being a coincidence, it's, like, actively,
0: you know, like, a plot and, like, actively mm-hmm. her being framed. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And luckily, the crow feels need, more need for vengeance against Ludwig than he does her mm-hmm. at the moment. Right.
2: mm mm-hmm he could like kill her at some point and because she comes back, you know. It's not mm. it's not a thing. Oh yeah.
0: So they go to Bergenworth because Eileen feels the need to be healed and so the crow agrees to go with her because he wants to take out Ludwig. So, you know, he wants to help her. He wants to end this feud with his family. He takes he shows her the way to Bergenworth even. And then I'm sure she has some kind of eldritch, otherworldly experience there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Does this help her?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What does this do?
1: Yeah, so like, um, you know how an in insight in the game it's a mechanic that lets you see like the amygdalas. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it work like that, where she gains insight not only to oh. like both her presence in Yarnum and what it really means to her. And how it's kind of revealed that she's gonna stay in this like loop yeah. forever, and also she could uh, tell when exactly a person is to, about to succumb to blood drunkenness.
0: Yeah. So that's how it helps her. the The insight lets her know like, okay, this hunter is still okay. This hunter needs to die. Okay, cool. So then her communing with the vacuous spider Rom. Uh, Gives her the insight. She gets all these eyes, like, in her brain. Oh, can she have a vision of the massacre that's currently happening? Oh yeah, that's that's pretty good.
2: I think she wants to go there and try to stop it, but they're yeah. So then
0: she yeah. So then she's like, "Oh my god, we need to leave." So then her and the crow go back. Everyone's dead. They were too late.
1: Maybe you could have like a fake out death going on, I guess, kind of like in the lighthouse where Defoe's character is like,
0: oh everyone yeah. thought
1: he was dead, but then suddenly in the end he comes mm-hmm, in with an axe. Mm-hmm. Maybe Eileen comes in. Yeah, and yeah. Blades out of nowhere, and overtakes him. But doesn't have, well, she would have the heart in her to kill him, maybe. But, yeah, well, like, there's more important things going on.
0: Mm-hmm. Because I think mm-hmm. also this guy probably doesn't have, like, the pale blood he doesn't have the ability to die and yeah. come back to life over and over again. But she does. And so that's why he can't kill her. But she can beat him. And she's like, listen, mm-hmm. I can beat you. But I don't want to. I need your help. And then that's when, you know, the dramatic scene happens. And then and then after they fight and kind of make up, it's back to Yarnum, right?
2: Yep.
0: Yeah. And I think... There has to be some kind of narrative of, of of Ludwig losing control gradually and things getting worse in Yarnum, right? I
2: think at this point, because like we're getting really towards the end of the movie, this should be like the worst we've seen Yarnum so far, mm-hmm. like the yeah. most fucked up. Yeah, like before the church was able to like cover it up at least a little bit, like now it's like completely out of their control.
0: Yeah, so so when they get back, shit's bad. Their first goal. They gotta get to Ludwig, so they have to fight their way through these like this like tide of beasts, some of which they recognize as like people from the healing church, I mean, because naturally the most hideous and horrible beasts were the ones from the human healing church so and then is it just is it is it just like a final like amazing beautifully shot conflict with the the green moonlight sword in Ludwig and the r two two heroes
1: maybe in like true bloodborne fashion there is just like a little respite right before the fight where you can tell that like ludwig is like trying to retreat into the church
0: like Mm. one
1: final fight between him and becoming a beast and then
0: it is kind of like
1: all is lost and he like talks to eileen for a little bit and eileen's just like i have to do this yeah you really believe in what you believe and i have to do this
0: yeah yeah it's then, very like the yeah. it's like the vicar Amelia fight where he's kind of yeah. normal where he's in the church he's like normal ish and then he says all his this like dramatic monologue and really like explains his character choices and then he like mm. morphs into this giant hideous beast with his sword
1: very good fight but very good music,
0: maybe even Eileen saves the the bloody crow's life, and so that's why the bloody crow in the end like. After the aftermath of the fight, when they're just standing there, the Bloody Crow is like, "All right, you saved my life. I'm gonna save yours right now. I'm gonna go, and I hope I never see you again." And then it ends on like a shot of Eileen looking o- out over Yarnum, and being like, "All right, well, one down, millions more to go." Mm-hmm. Yeah, the city's and like she- on fire. All right, awesome. Are we uh, are we ready for the recap then?
1: I think we are.
0: So, we open up on a scene of the church. Ludwig, the head of the healing church, is giving a zealous speech to a crowd of onlookers of the merits of the hunters of the church, the people who keep Yarnum safe. In the crowd, we see a mysterious woman dressed in dark, feathery garb with a crow's mask. She is looking on mysteriously. She attempts to align herself later on once the ser- sermon is done with the the church itself, offering her service as a hunter of hunters, one that kills the hunters drunk with blood. Uh, the church rejects her offer, saying that they have no need of such a service as their hunters are the best in Yarnum and do not succumb to such vicious savage things. She learns later on that night that is absolutely not true, and the hunters of the church are just as bestial and blood drunk as the ones that she has dealt with in town countless towns before. She attempts to fight one of these hunters and is grievously wounded nearly, just barely escaping with her life. She is found by the mysterious Iosefka, who brings her to his clinic and inoculates her with the pale blood, officially making her a hunter of the dream. She finds herself in this strange dream world with this hunter workshop and this doll and this mysterious old man named Gehrman, who tells her about uh, he, he says uh, oh, those hunters of the church are quite vicious, aren't they? Now officially a Huntress of the Dream, she has the ability to die and come back to life stronger this time. And now she she uses this to her advantage and is now able to overcome many of these blood drunk hunters. She does her job well and she gives them these very public sky burials. Which is a custom with her with from her village in order to give the hunter mercy She finds herself though in Yarnum. She is losing track of time She doesn't know how many people she's killed. She doesn't know where she is. She doesn't know how long she's been here She is recognizing in herself the tenets of becoming drunk with blood she is teetering on the edge Ludwig not happy with what she's doing she is defaming all of the hunters of the church and making the church look really bad so ludwig spreads all this propaganda about her to the people saying that she is part of the devils of canehurst and they have sent their vile crow knights to to besmirch the good name of the Yarnum hunters uh, she is run out of town and she figures well if the Yarnamites won't have me Let's see what these Cane hearst people are all about. On her way out of Yarnham, she is approached by a little orphan boy, who notices that she is looking a little troubled, that her mind seems to be failing her, uh, and she she says, "Yes. How do you know that?" And he's like, "Oh, well, I'm from I'm from Bergenworth. It's an orphanage and it's a mental institution where people's minds are healed." And she she makes note of this. She says, "All right, thank you. I will keep that in mind." She then continues on to Kanehurst. She meets the the family of, of Canehurst, um, these strange vampiric nobles, long lifed, and uh, she learns the history of them, how they are connected to the original Thumerian people. She meets the bloody crow of Canehurst, who is intrigued by her plight with the with the healing church. The Canehursts are no friends to the healing church so the bloody crow agrees to help her saying that he wants in on her contract to kill ludwig she has marked ludwig as her as her next target as she has noticed he is also becoming drunk with blood but she finds while she is there she finds that she can't remember where her home is she can't even remember her last name she is becoming worried that she is you know, becoming like these hunters, and that soon she will have to be uh, killed before she can do her. She can complete her mission. She asks the Bloody Crow to escort her to Bergenworth, and the Bloody Crow obliges, thinking that this will be a necessary step in their mission. As they are making their way to Bergenworth, Ludwig now deciding to make his move to erase Eileen and the Kanehurst all together sends these group of hunters called the executioners to Kanehurst castle Kanehurst a bloody battle happens there uh, and all of the noble family are slaughtered while at Bergenworth Eileen undergoes this mysterious treatment and this mysterious communion with this strange being from beyond the stars rom the vacuous spider Rom bestows upon her an unholy unearthly insight that allows her to Tune in to the hunter's dream and the hunters around her and now she has a, Just an innate knowledge of which ones are still human and which ones are drunk with blood along with this this new insight that has been given to her she also receives a vision of castle kanehurst being massacred and so she and the and the crow she she takes the crow and they go back to kanehurst to try and help out but they are too late everyone is dead the crow is enraged he calls her a traitor and blames her for uh, the death of all of his his family they fight he kills her But she comes back to life, she is of the pale blood. And so they fight over and over and over again until the crow is worn out. And Eileen, though she could strike the killing blow, is merciful and tells him that she still needs him. Begrudgingly, he agrees to continue helping with this mission and they go back to Yarnum, where on their return, they see that the city is in ruins. There are beasts charging throughout the street People are being slaughtered by hunters and beasts alike. All of the blood drunk hunters from the church have mutated into these hideous deformed monsters and are destroying Yarnum. They fight their way through all of this pandemonium to get to the grand chapel where Ludwig has locked himself inside and is fighting some kind of gruesome transformation. They confront him, and he tells them that he has to do this. This is what the Healing Church is for. He is trying to save Yarnum, And then he transforms into the most gruesome beast of all. Limbs, horse face, teeth, mouth with eyes in it. He, ha- he is holding his giant Moonlight Greatsword, and it is a battle, baby. They are fighting it is beautiful, it is disgusting, it is cool, It is the music is roaring. It is an intense battle, and the Bloody Crow is almost struck down. But Eileen saves his life. When they defeat Ludwig, the Bloody Crow looks at Eileen and begrudgingly says, You saved my life just now, so I'm going to save yours. I could kill you right now, but I'm not. i never want to see you again. And they leave Eileen then tries her best to do the ritual she's done for every blood drunk hunter to Ludwig trying to give him the sky burial as best she can and then she turns to the city pulls out her blades and goes to get back to work post credit scene we see her in the in an alleyway she's older now and Yarnham is very different we see uh, a mysterious figure approach her, saw blade in hand, and she turns to look at them and says, well, hello, good hunter. Cut to black. And that's uh, that's the Bloodborne movie. We did
1: Ooh. it. Yeah.
0: Big thanks to Chris Kirk for our theme song and, uh, you know, wrap-up music. You can find him on Twitter at uh the handle at Composer Kirk, that's spelled K I R K. Uh and his bandcamp is composerkirk.bandcamp.com. And also special thanks to
2: Britz Sodter's Journa for our album art. And her Twitter is at
0: ArtZoid, that is A R T Z Zero I D. Uh and also big thanks for Stina for coming on the show. Woo! Uh is there anything you would like to plug Stina?
1: um i guess just my twitter and instagram you can find me at StinaSalone salone for both and yeah i post art
0: (laughs) hell yeah i have been your host cassidy easton i'm matt
1: and i'm stina
0: thanks so much for listening y'all good night